Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dum Dums and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals. Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back. Redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Who 
Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Defcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! So having left everything you knew behind, uh, both in Orvel and uh, to some extent Maka for you in uh, the Swamps of Bleen, uh, you set out into a wider world. And that wider world uh, at first presented much beauty uh, in the form of kind of a beautiful day uh, and sailing and, and fishing, um, but quickly turned as you found yourselves stranded uh, on the ice shelf uh, that meets the bottom of the Bonespur Mountains. Uh, having met the Danver expedition, um, Peachtree, their guide, and Vivaldi, their blaster, and realized they were trying to get up and over the mountain or through it, um, you decided to go and deal with the monster that had been preventing them from going over the mountains. You quickly realized that monster was, in fact, um, a recently vetted um, Dawnbreaker. Uh, he led you back to his camp, and you met a desperate group of orc soldiers who had been fighting Necrotus forces for some time. After further investigation, the Necrotus proved to be slightly different than what you'd imagined, uh, but before you could truly investigate that mystery, um, the captain uh, died, as you explained what you had realized was going on, dead people coming back to life, some kind of stasis, something drawing from these people, you weren't quite certain what. Um, his gear was dragged down into a secret underground cavern where you found a room full of horrors, a massive chamber with a sort of large circular room um, in which suspended skeletons with green veins kind of reaching into them uh, went through the motions of daily life that matched with the motions of the people you'd seen topside. Um, after watching their conductor carry out his grisly work for some time, you head back up to the surface to regroup, only for Vivaldi and Peachtree to be killed by a Necrotus archer, uh, which is where we find you now, having decided that you must confront the conductor and his grim orchestra, and then decide, through a staged court of law, whether the people of this island and these islands themselves uh, deserve to live uh, in this odd, undead half-life, or whether um, they should be freed from it. Uh, Maka will be defending the cycle and the necessity of stopping this kind of aberration. Duncan, upon orders of uh, the princess, will be arguing in defense of allowing them a half-life in this place. Uh, however, uh, all parties agreed that some consultation with the affected parties uh, was required. That said, um, the princess being the regent of the area, technically, not really, but sort of, um, will be the judge and will uh, render the ultimate verdict on whether or not the Bone Spur Mountains will be allowed to continue to exist in their current form. Um, which brings us to today. You are staring at a, a blasted crater that is already beginning to, to heal itself, um, where your friends once stood. Uh, you get the sense that this wasn't a targeted assassination so much as a, a stray, stray archer finding uh, exposed enemies in the field. Um, all that remains of your friends is a half-melted candle um, that has been blasted into the side of a tree. Um, what do you do? Mm. I, 
Is there any gear left or anything, Tom? Like if we saw the weird Vivaldi brought a ton of uh, no, he brought a, a, a ton of blasting powder, and it was enough to completely annihilate the entire entire zone. So there's no gear left aside from this one half melted candle. Um, and you've already kind of made the decision that it's time to go confront uh, yeah. the uh, conductor. That said, yeah. uh, you can take a long rest. Um, kind of here or back in, in the uh, the Dawnbreaker camp, if you so desire. Uh, Maka could definitely benefit from a long rest if we're going to take on a big bad. He's pretty tapped out of spell slots. Um, and that, like, RP, that usually kind of manifests itself as him just kind of looking... A Haggard, little strained, yeah. a little tired. Like he's not hurt, but like it. There's a it, there's a cost to casting magic, um, and so he is. Yeah, a, looking a little. Mm-hmm. little wrong and out. I think Duncan would always support a battle or a duel to the death only when fully rested and prepared. So I'm imagining we'd melt back probably yeah. away from the camp because we don't want to just <clears throat> hang out with a bunch yeah. of things that could theoretically turn on us if this conductor gets smart. Uh, and we'd go the next day. I do think before we leave that Duncan would like kneel down near the corpses of his friends uh, and essentially just internally swear like an oath of vengeance and justice and recompense against the orchestrator for this cowardly act of killing them. Sure. Uh, And then he'd just go prepare. I should point out there are no corpses, but yes. Uh, I mean, wherever the blast mark is. Gotcha. Yep. Scorch marks on the ground. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So, uh, yeah, you say a quick word to the crater, uh, and then you you find a place uh, to rest for the night. Um, So having been at it pretty solidly for, like, a day, a night, and a bit of a day, um, you're all pretty exhausted, and the the rest comes easily, um, despite your kind of uh, alarming circumstance. Um, Every so often, um, uh, Gwendolyn, you are disturbed by the blade starting to hum. Um, and you kind of like dig your head out of the the dirt um, to see kind of um, necrotist scouts kind of moving in the distance. None of them approach you. Uh, they don't seem to be aware of you, but um, you can definitely feel it It sort of come to life every time they're, they're okay. in the vicinity. Um, but otherwise, the evening passes, or the evening, the, the rest passes uh, relatively uneventfully, and you, you awake feeling um, somewhat refreshed, um and uh kind of ready to face face whatever is coming next um that said uh when you wake up um you actually awake to um the sounds of um someone attempting to approach stealthily um you can hear because it's so still and you've been kind of been on high alert all night you're able to to ascertain that there are footsteps approaching pretty easily um but uh yeah what do you do? Uh, I think Maka will look to Duncan and Gwendolyn and just kind of like motion for us to like hide. Uh, and so to just like clear the space uh, and let this unknown party kind of come in so that we can see who they are before they see who we are. Cool. Can I get some stealth checks, please? Yeah. 15 for Maka. 17 for Gwen. I was going to say, Tom, I rolled so poorly, we can either decide that I fail or that I decided to stay to be seen, depending on how you want to play it. Fair enough. What'd you get? I rolled a, it was a 10. 10? 
Uh, it's not that poor. Yeah, 10, 10's not that bad. Um, in this instance, since you were aware of it, I'll, I'll let it slide. So you you are well hidden, but you're you're not dead center. I was thinking you rolled like a two or a three, in which case... I yeah. rolled a five, but I'm not used to having a character who's good at stealth. So <laughs> Understood. Um, so you kind of take a, a quick a quick hide uh, as best you can. Um, and um, through the trees, uh, you can see an almost pristine... Um, uh, gnomish parka. Um, and then to your surprise, uh, peach tree kind of like peeks her head through, through the trees and looks around. Um, and she fails to notice you cause she did roll a three. Hmm. Um, and you hear her kind of mutter a, a swear under her breath and, uh, keep walking kind of like quietly looking around. Um, uh, as she, she passes, you can hear her kind of be like, Maka. Your Highness, other cool guy with the good accent. Where are ye? Uh, and then she just keeps keeps like sneaking past. Well, I'll step out because <laughs> technically I'm this weird ghost gnome's lawyer. <laughs> um, and uh, she's just like, oh, Duncan. I, I mean, oh, Duncan. You're alive! Ollie, but what happened to you? Because we saw an exp- Well, we heard an explosion and then there was no one. Oh, I, I heard the explosion too. That's why I came over. But wait, how's your parka so clean? Because you had a right shit one the last time we saw you. Oh, yeah, I found this one out on the ice. Must have been lost from our early expeditions. Isn't it nice? So where were you when Vivaldi blew up? Vivaldi blew up? Okay, where were you when you heard the explosion? Spoiler alert, at, Vivaldi was, blew up. I was back at camp. Where else would I be? Oh, damn it. Marka, come out here if you could, please. Yeah, Marka steps out. Check this one, see if there's something inside or no. Uh, I would like to examine uh, mm-hmm. Peachtree. Um, cool. For this... There you are, Peachtree. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, me marbles! Uh, I'm not, That's I'm twice not we've gonna, made this joke in this arc. I'm not going to remain hidden. That seems ridiculous. Sure, yeah, 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 coming yeah. Out. <laughs> You're like, no one will know. The armor yeah. is here. Um, okay, wicked. So, uh, yeah, Maka, you, you examine her. She feels much the same as uh, Turfle. Okay. Um, but you've now identified that... Um, there might be something unnatural about these these folks, and yeah, you can you can feel what almost seems like a, a bizarre distance between them and the um, the cycle. Like now that you're looking for it, they're they're still connected, but it's very faintly. And um, yeah, that's about as much as you you've got. Okay, Maka will just look to Duncan and Gwen and just nod sadly that uh, yes. She is, uh, she is new. <clears throat> she's, not, I, she's not the old uh, peach. Maka, if you could just cover her ears for a moment, that would be great. Just shift those hands about two inches back on that head. Huh? <laughs> Princess, we could ask her questions, but whatever we ask, perhaps the collective intelligence would be aware of. If the orchestrator is tied into that, he might know. He might not know, because 
frankly, if I was him, the Necrotists should have attacked us and we'd be dead. But I don't know if we want to have this conversation now, if we should try to kill the orchestrator. I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I mean, we might as well talk to Peachtree about it. To be clear, she is one of them. But, but I mean, we, we spoke with, um, oh crap, what's his name? Rios about it. And then we went to see the floaty guy and he didn't attack. And so assuming he would have heard that if he could hear. The revelations that we revealed to Rios caused him to lose his mind and caused his fake body to shut down immediately. Hmm. Well, then what if we present it as like a theoretical argument? Okay, that deals with the one problem. The only thing I'm saying, if we're looking for a metaphor here of what I'm talking about, if you've got an evil wizard inside a very large house with a large number of windows and you break like one window with a stone, there's a chance the wizard might not hear you break that window. But we've broken like three windows and this might be window number four. So there's a chance we could get noticed due to sheer continual breaking of windows. Or maybe the wizard's deaf, and I don't know which. Um, one thing I'll add to this this stew of, of ideas that's kicking around. Um, Maka, I will say the feelings you've gotten from these people and their kind of faint connection to the cycle that's present but kind of masked in a weird way is different from the feeling you got from the Necrotists. The Necrotists felt as though they were part of a, a separate cluster that wasn't part of yours. Uh, these people feel like they are part of yours, just at extraordinary distance. Mm. I think the shared consciousness is part of the Necrotists. I do not think it is part of this mm, new false life this mountain range seems to provide. Mm -hmm. All right, so we can kill the orchestrator and the necrotess, and then maybe the gnomes will be okay. Mm. Yeah, if they, if they aren't connected, just do it. What, what I am saying is, I don't think the wizard knows we're breaking his windows. Mm. I don't think he can see through and he, like, looks into Peachtree's eyes and says, these windows. Hmm. All right, so theoretical arguments with Peachtree. See what she wants or would want. And then um, if, you, you know, swords start swinging and, 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 and we start fighting and and I don't know, have to like destroy a bunch of stuff, then we either worry about preserving something like the lungs or whatever, or we just blow it all to hell. All right, so Peach, Peachtree's here. We can have our case if we want to do it now. It might be worth going down there. Maybe there's a brain with a mouth on it that's like, hello, I'm the mountain. 
I think you shouldn't kill me because I'll just kill those necrotist guys. And that would be uh, great. Narratively, I would suggest having the debate after you've dealt with the conductor because right now this is kind of like, how will we divide the go- the, the dragon's gold? It's like, Before, how are you going to deal with the dragon? <laughs> I want to buy a house. No, Let's talk about the real sort of estate rates. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of where Duncan was trying to head with this. Yeah. yeah. All right. Then we kill an asshole and then come back here. All right, so we can kill the conductor, and then if the mountain has an asshole, we can kill that, and then we'll have back here for this. Okay, so I guess peach tree, and I'm like, Mark, you can let peach tree's ears go. Uh, Oh, finally, my ears can breathe again. (laughs) All right, we figured out who the evil person is, and we know where they are. All right, so we're we're going to go kill them. Sounds good. Do you need help? I don't think we can afford to say no to help, can we? Mm. I look at the other two. Uh, uh, No, I don't think so at all. This is her right to fight. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm. All right, so we're all going together, apparently. Peach Tea, are you a good swimmer? (laughs) I'm all right. Not the best, not the worst. Fucking Australian. God damn it. Ah, I can swim. There we go. And now she's better at swimming because I can't say say the other line in the accent. So she's say your Shrek line, Tom. That's how you'll get into it. Donkey, I can swim. (laughs) (laughs) And the dog. That's what I always yell at me. Donkey, the dog comes out. It's like and then goes away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I told him not to follow me. We can swim under. Now, normally I'm a dualist on the scale of villains. However, this is an evil mage controlling an entire mountain range worth of necrotist soldiers. So I'm thinking maybe less of a duel and more of a we all sneak up from different directions and stab the mage until they're dead plan. Mm-hmm. Does anyone have any other ideas? I mean, I can throw my sword from afar. I uh, cannot. <laughs> no. I'm just saying it could be like a first strike or something. So it sounds like what we might be able to do is if we put Gwendolyn on one side and we put me on the other and we have Marka charge up the center, we can hit with ranged attacks, Marka can strike, and then we can both storm in on the flanks afterwards. Does that make sense? Perfect. Right. Yes. Peachtree, you're out of ammo, correct? And I lost me gun. So Peachtree, you're an unarmed gnome. Oh, I just came in search of you. You're the ones with all the, the weapons. Right. I told Do you, you we've been losing all our, our gear. Other than your gun, is there anything else you're good with? Uh, she just, like, looks at her fists and raises them. Peachtree, I'm concerned if you come with us, you're just gonna die. Look, I didn't say it'd be useful. Just asked if you needed help. All right, you should come part of the way down, and then you should wait until we kill the mage, and then we'll bring you in when we have to do a court of law. She, like, gives you a strange look, um, uh, and then she suggests that would it not be more useful for her to go get help from camp? Rather than standing around while you guys fight a thing? I mean, that mm. makes sense, too. I just didn't want to send you past Necrotis scouts in case... Uh, she... The, the way back to camp is safe. Yeah, get the hell out of here, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she she kind of looks at the ground um, and uh, then sees the candle, and she's like, oh... It's his favorite candle. Uh, she breaks it off and, and just kisses it and puts it in her pocket. Uh, and then uh, she makes her way back to camp. Great, let's go murder a fucking wizard. 
Um, so you gather your gear and uh, you begin making your way back towards the um, uh, the third block caves. Uh, as you you do, uh, you hear a warhorn um, different from the one you heard yesterday. Uh, this seems to be um, an orcish uh, warhorn, um, oh, followed by followed by drums, um, and you can see. Um, Shadlock leading uh, a charge down into the field, um, yelling like, "Vengeance for Captain Rios!" Um, and they uh, they charge out of the the cave. Tyler. Rios didn't oh. come back. Rios did not come back. Oh no, we we killed him forever. I don't think explaining to someone the curse they've been placed under and then they die makes us at fault. I would either put the mountain or the person who laid the curse on them. We're trying to free yeah. people. Right. He's been in an endless I, I, hellscape for 900 years. Right. right. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I wasn't like well. saying it to assign blame. <laughs> well, he sort of felt like it. So I wasn't trying to, to hang by. that one on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, yeah, you, you watch you watch them um, charge uh, charge down into the uh, into the fray. You see a couple of them get picked off by. Um, archers that seem to be behind them, um, and you get the sense that uh, the uh, Necrotus who stumbled upon uh, Vivaldi and Peachtree was likely part of an advanced guard waiting for exactly this kind of trap. Uh, so you see a couple of them go down, um, and then sure enough, Necrotus forces come spilling out of the uh, the camp, and uh, the two kind of collide in, in the center, uh, and you hear the, the ringing sounds of battle. Um... Using that as cover, you sneak into the cave. Um, you notice that the vault is open uh, and empty. Um, you make your way kind of into the back chamber. Um, there's still the ropes on the ground you use to tie up Rios, but everything else is gone. Uh, and you make your way uh, to the pond. I'll Sorry, I think you want to do it before you go. Okay, yep. Back. Sure. Um, I just waterproof my gear and pack it up for Gwendolyn to carry again so I can swim down sure. with... The item I am now, from what I remember, calling the barrel that is Bertha, which is my breathing barrel. I will call it the breathing barrel of Bertha. How exactly do you breathe out of it? He's currently filling it with air. Yeah. Then corking it. And then creating a seal with his mouth over the cork. Like popping the cork, creating a seal over it, breathing some of the air that's in the barrel, and then recorking it. To lean into the hook idea, remember that scene where the mermaid exhales into his mouth? You're going to kiss this barrel? I'm going to kiss that barrel. Okay. All right, I just... To be clear, it's not good for very long. It's good for exactly this amount of travel. I feel like you have to swallow a lot of water, too. Yeah, you're (laughs) swallowing water, and every time he opens it, he loses, like, half the air inside. Guys, I am so dexterous. I swallow no water. It's good that you... you Stay hydrated! (laughs) It's good that you waterproof your your gear, uh, like like flintlock pistol powder and stuff like that. Because I have in my inventory now one pouch of Vivaldi's explosive blasting powder, and then in parentheses, wet, comma, ruined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mortal word. Yeah, you really didn't take to heart that keep your powder dry um, thing. But also, you know, desperate times, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's almost like I didn't want you to have god power blasting powder all the time in this campaign or something. I don't know. Uh, cool. So you swim um, down and under, um, come up into the small platform, kind of um, uh, at the the higher level, highest level of this cavern. Um, using your rope, you rappel uh, back down. Um, 
So you reach the ground, and uh, as as with last time, you're at a, a fairly good distance from from the uh, the orchestra, and you can see the conductor, um, and he seems to be um, tapping repeatedly on um, the skull of a skeleton that is uh, hanging limp. Um, and uh, can you roll me a perception check, please, if you're interested in what this is? Yeah. Eighteen. Five. I am a 13. Uh, Maka, you can see that uh, the skeleton is missing a couple fingers um, Mm -hmm. and is definitely, from your understanding of human anatomy, a human skeleton. Uh, The only human skeleton amongst the the bunch. Right. Um, And then you you see the the conductor uh, just kind of shrug to himself, uh, take... He kind of like rips the head off the the skeleton, um, and you can see uh, the kind of green, um, veiny material kind of like reaching around looking for it. Um, he then cracks it against the wall, top, pulls the top off, and you see him suck the brain out of it. It's still got a brain after nine hundred years. Weird. Okay. Um, and just in in all of your minds, you hear. <sighs> Delicious, if slightly overdone. And I don't fucking care for that at all. So I just like tap Maka on the shell and point him in, and Gwendolyn give her like the around the circle flanking thing, and I'll yeah. go the other way. Uh, okay. And then I look at Maka, and I'm <laughs> basically I gesture like, "You raise the club, we trigger finger <laughs> and throw." Huh? Thumbs up. Uh, Maka gives a thumbs up. Uh, I'm gonna cast a symbiotic entity right now, <laughs> so I don't have to waste a turn doing it. <clears throat> so I'm juiced up. I got 20 temporary hit points, and I hit harder. Cool. With my nice. Um, okay, so I need all of you to roll me a will save, please. Oh, that could have been an 18 on the die, but it's a five for a total of Ooh. 11. 21 for Duncan. Four. Um, so, uh, Duncan and Gwendolyn, uh, Duncan, you're, this is such a, a horrific aberration um, and such a perversion of everything you kind of uh, believe in that um, I think you, um, you're you're good at quieting kind of the, the, the horror that you feel about this sort of stuff, um, but it's definitely a, a it's it's a process. It's not like I'll just ignore this. It's it's having to. It's that that kind of monk discipline. I know you're a druid, but like monk discipline of going like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm witnessing horrible things. Um, and Gwendolyn, for you, this uh, is. I actually got a six. Sorry, if it makes any even difference. worse. Uh, don't care. <laughs> um, for you, um, this is like you've in the horrors of kind of like the farm and everything else were at least somewhat understandable. Um, because they were seemingly perpetrated by humans, but now you're in, in a much larger world and, and things are much scarier out here than, than I yeah. think you'd anticipated. So both of you have pretty loud minds, uh, which is a bit of a bummer uh, because um, as the um, conductor finishes his meal, uh, he's, uh, he just kind of turns his head and seems to stare directly at you, uh, the two of you, um, and he just kind of like does that like classic like, uh, tis 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 like tutting thing was like such busy minds are very loud and I do prefer to work quietly um, so roll for initiative
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Auto Trader. Credit scores, down payments, interest rates. Car buying can be a numbers game, but you don't have to be a math expert to get the keys to your dream car. Just use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. You can crunch the numbers so you know exactly how much you'll pay each month for your car. So leave the calculator at home. Visit AutoTrader.com to learn more. I feel good. Dad, are you singing to your cereal? Yes, I am. Like I knew that I would. No, a dance too? Come on, Ava. Silk almond milk. Starts the morning on a high note. Yow! Songs, dances, and dad jokes. So good. So good. I got you. Silk almond milk. With calcium, vitamins A, D, and E. Feel plenty good. Dum Dums and Dice would like to invite you to check out Dumb's Common Villainy, a podcast where comedians and improvisers explore the underworld of the Star Wars Edge of the Empire role-playing game. This series features our game master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Abraxis Brash Core, Tyler Hewitt as Vic Denbar, Guy Bradford as Engage 311, and Adam McNamara as the forgetful psychopath Waka Waka Fonzie. So join this crew of bumbling criminals, see if they turn to the dark side of the force, or stay in the shadowy parts of the light and enjoy an adventure in a galaxy far, far away. Episodes are available now. Now get out of my shop. Duncan, he is unaware of your presence. 16 for Maka. 13. Uh, 14 for Duncan. Gwen, what was yours? 13. 13 for Duncan as well. Okay. Did I get 13? That's what I got, right? You got 13, I got 14. And what oh. did you get, Maka? 16. Yep. There we go. Okay. Hopefully we're just all going to get to go in a row. Um... <clears throat> okay, so um, conductor is up first. Oh, of course. Uh, and then we have Maka, Duncan, and Gwendolyn. So top of the round, uh, the um, conductor um, sort of turns full body towards you, just lets the skull roll out of his hand, um, and you can already see that skeleton being lowered to the ground by the the veins. Um, and, uh, he just kind of, um, steeples his fingers almost in, like, uh, delighted anticipation. Um, and then, uh, you can hear a slight rumble and, uh, three spikes of, um, uh, just the, like, the ground around you, like, the, the stonework around you, uh, shoot out. Uh, is like sort of needle thin stabbing spears. Uh, and they're all going to go. Uh, all right, so that's two, two on Maka, one on Gwendolyn. Uh, what's your AC? Mine's 20. 20? Mine's 19. 19. All right, so on Maka, um, that's one hit. 
Sorry, just let me get my dice going here. Okay, so that's 10 points of damage from the first uh, strike. Okay. And Gwendolyn on you uh, will not hit. So basically, like, um, just sort of terraforming out of the ground, uh, mm -hmm. these things just shoot up. Um, Gwendolyn, it just kind of um, shatters against your armor. Um, Maka, one goes, kind of pierces you in the shoulder, but you manage to get your, your shield up in front of the other one. Um, and uh, you see him kind of uh, nod a little bit, and inside your head you hear, Curious. Oh, more capable than the last ones. That's nice. Uh, which brings us to Maka. Um, Maka, I think, hearing this thing in his head and just that it delights in its sort of abominable nature, um, I think enrages him. Um, mm -hmm. And so part to keep the focus off of Duncan and, and to kind of stick to the plan, but at the same time, like, just kind of like really stirred up by this, uh, Maka will like raise his mace uh, and just run at, at this, this enemy uh, screaming like a war cry and will Try and bring it, bring it down on him. I'll cast Shillelagh as a bonus action for okay. some bigger damage on the mace, and I'll take a swing at him. Okay, go ahead. So that's uh, 15 to hit. 15. Um, you feel like it would hit, but as you swing, um, he kind of opens his hands, and um, uh, sort of a crystalline uh, energy force appears in front of him that the, the Shillelagh bangs off of. Um, and uh, you feel the energy force dissipate as you do so. What the hell is this? Devil May Cry Five bullshit. <laughs> All right, um, that's my turn. I'm I'm up there in his face and ready sounds to good. All right, uh, Duncan, you're up. All right, so Duncan, having seen the shield, is like fuck, uh, <laughs> and he'll uh, basically he's gonna fire uh, Mr. Bang. Mm -hmm. uh, to try to hit him, which is a 21 to hit. Um, you barely hit. Yes. it. Uh, you see the, the shield, uh, like his hands are still up, uh, and even though it doesn't appear to be there, uh, the bullet hits it and then just manages to force its way past. But it definitely slows the velocity. It's like Magneto stopping the, the bullet in X1. Cool. But uh, then it forces through and, and pings him. So go ahead and roll your damage. It does uh, 10 piercing damage. Fuck, not bad. I rolled nice nicely game. on that one. Uh, and then what I would like to do, Tom, uh, is because I'm imagining we're kind of, are we like relatively all in front? If or we've got like bad guy 3-3, three, three, like we're around? Or are uh, we all kind of in the front arc? Because, uh, so basically, if you think about this, um, the, you've got the central sort of large arena almost with the skeletons lining it. Uh, he's kind of uh, moved to the the sort of front and center of that closest to you. Um, you guys were a distance away. You didn't get to move into your flanking positions because he uh, because of the failed will saves, uh, wisdom saves. Fuck. Um, but uh, well, you know what you mean, Tom. I know, but maybe the audience doesn't. Uh, Tom's brain <laughs> lives in fourth edition, everybody, and I hate it. Um, so you're basically yeah, the three of you are lined up at essentially the end of this cavern. So. If you want to try and sneak off or peel off to the sides, um, there's going to be some some fast footwork. Can I get in among the skeletons? Is that is it close enough? Uh, I'll let you get to the edge of the skeletons, and then next round you can get in amongst the skeletons. 
Yeah, either in Amongst Them or I could charge him. Cool, I'll do that. Basically, Duncan is aware he's heard rumors of all the big mythical wizard things, which are like fireballs and meteors and all that shit. So he's just like, I don't want to stand right by my friends. Then if I stand near the skeletons, maybe there'll be some hesitancy to just blow up all of its minions. Right, gotcha. Uh, Okay, great. Uh, That brings us to Gwendolyn. Um, I am going to uh, immediately just hurl my sword at him. Just just straight jab right through him. Uh, And that's a nat one. Hey, uh, Maka, go ahead and make a dexterity save, please. That's 14. Um, okay, so, uh, Laura, please go ahead and roll your damage. Oh, fuck. Nine slashing. All right, so Maka, that's nine slashing as Sorry. The, uh, <laughs> the sword crashes into your back. Um, which unfortunately f- um, knocks you forward into uh, the conductor <laughs> whose uh, tentacles begin to wrap around your head. Alright, well I still have an oh, action. Oh no! Um, okay, yeah, go ahead Shit. Laura, do your action. Can I, can I reach the conductor? You can run up to like yeah, you Support. can run up to like Maka okay. ran up, so you, I'll say you can run up as well. Okay, I want to run up um and do a slam attack okay, to go the ahead conductor because I can't get my sword and attack him. <laughs> uh, and that's 18 to hit. Um, you run up to, to chest slam him and you just hit that invisible wall and bounce off. <gasps> Damn it. All right. Shield's a bitch. Um, all right, which brings us to the conductor who rolled a nat 20 on grabbing your face. Uh, so say goodbye to that sweet, sweet brain, old buddy, old pal. Yeah. Um... um if I haven't taken any damage yet, I have, have one not. temporary hit point left. Yep. Which means that my symbiotic identity is like still active. As soon as I lose all my temporary hit points, it's oh, gone. Interesting. Yep. So at least for this portion, um, he has to make a uh, fourteen uh, DC fourteen con save. It's another crit twenty. Well, all right. He is God very damn. much not affected by the spores. He oh. eats the brains of your spores. They oh, grow oh, a no. brain, and he eats it. Uh, <laughs> all right. I rolled very badly, which is good news. Good news for for Tyler. Uh, so that's, um, uh, so that's 19 points of damage, um, Kachima. but it was oh, off, okay. it was off 4d10, so, cause he rolled a crit. So good news is I rolled about as badly as you could roll off 4d10. Um, bad news is, uh, I now need you to pass a strength save. Okay. Nat one. Um, you are grappled, uh, you are stunned, and, um, you feel a, an intense pressure, uh, inside your skull as, uh, the conductor begins to, um, start to force your brain, uh, out through your, your eyes and nose. Jesus Christ. Please help me. <laughs> Maka, what if I could? it's your turn. Uh... <laughs> Stunned. Uh, I don't know what I can do. Sure, one sec. I'm restrained as well? 
Uh, yeah, you're stunned and grappled because his and his grappled. face tentacles are, have wrapped around your head, and he's uh, in the process of extracting some extracting your brain. Gameplay wise, what is that? Uh, yes, so stunned means uh, that you are um, you can't move. Um, you automatically fail strength and dex saves, and attacks against you have advantage. That said, you can still take your actions. You just can't really go anywhere. And Jesus. trying to break out of this grasp is bad news bears right now because you automatically fail because you're stunned. So you do need some help, possibly from the so suit of armor who's next to you. I can take an action. Yep. Um. Okay. Shell defense. I withdraw into my shell as an action. Uh, so all I, right. ju- I just I just turtle and there's just a big shell hanging from this guy's. <laughs> He's mouth. just holding a turtle. <laughs> yourself. Yeah, tur- yeah. Turtles hanging down in front of him. Um, yeah. I'm gonna make him roll. Uh, can you roll me a? I know uh, like it's not really a strength save per se, but uh, can you roll me a strength check, please? Because uh, basically, I'm gonna roll one for him as well. We'll call it an opposed check. Because uh, I feel like his head doesn't fit inside your shell. So let's see. Dirty twenty. All right, I rolled a five. So um, nice. where was that before? There we go. With the the force of, of your your desperation turtling, um, you bash his head off the the, the top of your shell, uh, and you you can feel the the tentacles just kind of like slick around the side of your your head, grasping. One of them manages to get part way into your nose, but sure enough, you're able to pull inside, and uh, the shell drops to the ground in front of him, um, and uh, he he looks down and says. Fascinating. I would love to learn how to do that. Um, and then he starts like looming over you, uh, which brings us to Duncan. All right, Duncan is gonna seeing this go to absolute dog shit in the center. Uh, Duncan is going to sprint in from the side, uh, and then having seen that the bullet barely went through and other stuffs done, he's just picturing the fucking cows again. So he's back to his two daggers, uh, and basically he's gonna sprint forwards. And do like a like a flying kick, basically like mm-hmm. a snap kick based on what he's seen. And his goal is to just this first bit's flavor, but I don't care. Uh, kick a foot through with the full power on the shield and follow through with the two daggers afterwards, hoping he can like break the pattern uh, sure. to get through whatever it's thrown up. Nice. All right. So the first dagger does not break through the shield because I rolled a nine, but the second dagger. Uh, goes through with a oh man 24 the big dirty so that yeah. one i hope hits <laughs> yeah so um okay. you uh you come in you swing the dagger and you see him turn and kind of throw up a, another shield um but uh with the second one you punch through it uh into his palm how do you make a vacation last how do you hold on to the joy the clarity the calm easy you go to aruba You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's the sound of Brock's jelly beans being poured into a candy bowl. Oops. And the sound of hosting your first family brunch. Listen to the sweet sonic musings of Brock's jelly beans swirling in your sister's favorite candy bowl. Well, second favorite. But thanks to these delicious beloved beans, she'll never know it's a replacement. Or that you and your cousin broke it trying to decorate a cake. Brock's. Make moments sweeter. Head to Brock's.com to shop now. Great. Uh, And Tom... I don't know if this is allowed or not, so I want to ask for flavor purposes. I do have a swashing ability to disarm someone. Instead of doing damage to this wizard, could I attack the tentacles holding Maka to try to he's get dropped, him to drop? He's fully oh, okay. dropped the turtle. Yeah. Oh, when, then fine. When Maka just... pulled in into his shell, it like he failed the, the strength challenge. So, because I was thinking about the logistics of like if I have a like if I'm full face crabbing someone's face with my face and they bash me off the top of their shell and hide in it. I don't feel like my head gets to go in there and be like, oh, like I can't Zoidberg my way in. Yeah, that, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So instead, I'm just going to try to stab him in, in the face uh, cool. and I do five piercing damage. All right. Five damage. Very cool. Um, okay. Uh, that brings us to Gwen. All right, Tom, remind me, is picking up my sword uh, an action? Uh, I give it to you as a bonus action. Okay, cool. Um, In that case, uh, I want to pick up my sword from where it's fallen near Maka. Stupid sword. Is it humming or anything? No. Oh, Uh, No. No. Okay. All right, just curious. Um, And uh, I just want to do, like, a sideways slash like sure. right into his head, uh, just kind of following on Duncan's lead. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm rolling like shit, nine. Uh, even though his, his the shield appears to just be in front of uh, him on Duncan's side, uh, as you swing, your sword bounces off of it. Uh, you get the sense he's burning a lot of spell slots to keep doing this, but <laughs> when in Rome. Excellent. Um, so yeah, sword just bounces off. Just uh, okay. Bring us to the top of the round, the conductor. Uh, with all three of you on him... He's uh, got to make another con save. Oh, so he does. Uh, what's the DC? 14. 14. Um, he squeaks by with a 15. Um, but uh, you can see that uh, fighting three people isn't exactly his uh, his his favorite jam, uh, what with being a spellcaster and all. So, just need one <laughs> second here. Um, okay. Okay, um, so suddenly um, you see him um, become uh, like difficult to see. Almost, it, it's it's you feel almost like you got punched in the head. Uh, he uh, he becomes uh, incredibly blurry um, and uh, proceeds to kind of like throw his arms up and just like fly backward. So. Um, Duncan and Gwendolyn, you can go ahead and take an attack of opportunity, but please take it at disadvantage. Okay. I'm imagining I only do that with one dagger, right? That I don't is know the correct. Rules. Great. No, 
Nah, it's not gonna work either. Okay. Um, so you you both like swing and stab at him, but again, it's just it, it's it's a little bit like the the Agent Smith blur, where it's just like he, his body seems mm. to kind of be be everywhere at once. Um, so he uh, he fucks off uh, right back to yeah. Uh, so he he fucks off back back aways, um, and one moment. I'm sorry, I don't play spellcasters very often, so just gotta do my readings. Uh, that is right. So yeah, he he flies back um, like about thirty feet, and uh, you see him kind of drop drop to the ground, looking looking concerned. Uh, that'll be his action. Brings us to Maka. You're inside your shell. Yes. Okay. How far away is this? Uh fucking gentleman uh 30 feet <laughs> 30 feet okay uh great i will uh emerge from my shell that's a bonus action and i will uh i will extend shakily a hand uh and spores will kind of come flying out along my arm and they in like larger puffs they kind of go out into uh his general vicinity and then they kind of like explode and like bioluminescent green powder just kind of falling on everything mm -hmm. and highlighting and glowing everything in the area there. Uh, I'm casting Fairy Fire, and he needs to make a DC 14 Ooh. deck save. Oh, man. Why is Call not trying to attack him directly, Will? He's so blurry. Well, this will help with that, too. Fuck. Uh, I rolled a two. So okay. he, uh, it's a yes. deck save, so a total of three. Okay, so he is now covered in this glowing, uh, these glowing spores as well. Uh, he's going to be easier to hit because of it. Nice. Uh, cool. Any attack roll against him uh, has advantage, which I'm assuming will just negate the disadvantage that Blur uh, confers. That is correct. And he can't benefit from being invisible if he's got that in his back pocket. <laughs> Listen, brother, you know he does. You know he definitely does. Uh, okay, Wicked. Nice. That's great. Uh, uh, and I will, I will use my movement actually to run in the other direction. Just like, I will be right back. <laughs> just, like, just kind of hike yep. like 30 feet the other direction. You're yeah, not feeling good. <laughs> uh, and, sorry, one moment. I just need to check concentration to see if that kicks anything out. I just not uh, any damage, so I think he's... Oh, okay. Yep. Great. Uh, right, taking damage, incapacitated, killed. Cool. Amazing. Um, all right, good, good turn there, sir. Uh, Duncan. Um, you can see this motherfucker at distance. Uh, he's kind of like just past the lungs now, uh, or is it actually probably like near the lungs because it's a big, it's a big chamber, um, and uh, he he's glowing with bioluminescent energy. Great, Duncan's just going to be sprinting straight at him, like especially if he's visible now. But along the way, Duncan just like swirls his cape kind of up and around, and there's like a spin in the middle where you can't really see what Duncan's doing. It's like a windmill, mm -hmm. but when he comes out of it, it's just in a textbook lunge. His daggers are gone, and the rapier is out, and he's just going to go right for kind of the stab. The joy of even a blurry torso outlined in light is, you know where the torso is, and this guy is not wearing a great deal of armor, so this is perfection so he i will also not. spend a swashing point uh to make this uh i'm gonna call this like a textbook assault so you can picture it's like one of those perfect fencing pictures uh yep great that is a 17 to hit uh that will hit dope And that is 12 piercing damage. Uh, 12. All right. 
And hopefully that affects concentration. <laughs> when you put a sword in a it man, he thinks does. that's good. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he is a, in a very accomplished spellcaster. So um, you stab him and just in, in your head you hear, ah, that is irksome. Um, but he remains blurry, but still bioluminescent. Just, a, <laughs> just like he basically right now looks like an after image from like a flash. Like you can you can see him, but he's blurry as hell. But like he's clearly there. Yeah, uh, cool. Wicked. All right, uh, Gwendolyn. Um, uh, I guess stab, stab, flying sword. Because sure. what else am I going to do? Actually, I'm going to take an action first because I can do this bonus action. So I'm going to increase my strength um, by one. Mm-hmm. Um, burning some essence points. Yeah, burning that essence, baby. Um. And oh fuck, eleven. No dice, guys. I have not rolled above a ten. Shit. For like any hits. You today. Uh, you throw you throw the sword, um, and as it goes, um, he just kind of blurs to the side, pulls Duncan with him, and Duncan's cape just kind of in its flourish of leaning into stab knocks the blade away, um, and uh, the blade clatters off to to the side. Oh, uh, Top of the round, Conductor. Um, so again, things ain't going so good for Mr. Conductor, man. Um, so you just hear uh, in in your heads, uh, you hear, rise. And suddenly um, forms begin to kind of shamble out of the ground, um, made, of, uh, made of the mountain itself. Uh, and uh, there are two sort of... Uh, I'm going to call them stone golems. They're not. Um, actually, no, sorry. Uh, they're, uh, we're calling them bone spurs. So two bone spurs climb out of the ground uh, and enter initiative order. Man, another 20. Wasted on initiative. All right. So our enemies have rolled three 20s. <laughs> We've rolled, I think, three nat ones. Um, Laura, awesome. I, Laura, I don't think the dice have a pattern here. I think you just gotta. I know, I know. F- they focus don't. out. <laughs> I know that. I'm just like the injustice. Um, all right, so he is going to drop the um, drop the blur um, as he kind of like looks down at the sword, uh, and then he just wraps his hands around it, uh, and uh, you can see lightning begin to crackle. Uh, around the blade, uh, and then he's going to unleash a lightning bolt, um, which is a range of self, but a hundred foot line. So yeah. I'm going to say this will hit uh, Duncan and Gwendolyn, uh, but not Maka, because he fucked off. <laughs> Just fucked off right out of there. Um, so um, I need you guys to please roll me a deck save. It's a 22 for Duncan. Very good. 13. 13. All right, let's see what goes down. Uh, all right, so uh, that's going to be 22 points of damage. Uh, Duncan, you're only going to take 11. Cool. It's like, their wires aren't made of copper. It's not conductive, right? Uh, no, but the rest... <laughs> It's fine. You're you're good. You're built for this. Um, and uh, Laura, I'm gonna say you need to make a uh, a con save on your turn. Um, 
or take further lightning. We're going to treat, since you can't really be set on fire as such, we're going to kind of yeah. treat lightning as your fire. Uh, so oh, okay. you are technically on lightning. Um, <laughs> okay. You're electrified, if we want yeah. to use a... On lightning, damn it. <laughs> um, great. Uh, which brings us to... Um, te- well, hmm. I rolled a 20 with that bone spur, so I'm going to give him a roll, even though technically he's... And now that he's in initial order, he's above the conduct. No, it'll take him a turn to get up. Fine. Maka, go ahead. Uh, cure wounds at second level. You don't say. Myself. <laughs> uh, 2d8, so that's an 8. That's good. Plus 6, plus another 6. So 8 and 12, 20 hit points back. Very nice, sir. <clears throat> uh, uh, I will... Um, since I am a fairer distance away now, because um, he fucked off, and then I fucked off the other way, um, so there's a good amount of space between us. Where are these golems rising up? Um, they're rising up um, where you would have been, so where where you were previously, so kind of like in line with uh, Gwendolyn. Okay. Um, so I'd have to get past them to get to you guys... Uh, but also, I, sh- I should say that um, right now they are literally dragging themselves up out of the ground. Um, so if you feel like you could probably, like they're still being, would just bring me to them. I couldn't go past them in one turn. That's true, but they also won't yeah. be able to take opportunity attacks because they're still forming out of rock. Yeah. Um. I'll hang back, and uh, cast spells. Yeah, I'll, I'll hang back. Um, which brings us to, uh, Gwendolyn. You have two bone spurs forming on either side of you, and, uh, your sword is over by, um, Duncan and the conductor. Yeah, um, fuck, whatever, fuck the bone spurs. I, I need my sword. <laughs> so, I am going to, um, uh, as my bonus action, I will make... Uh, the sword fly to me, mm-hmm. and then I'm as I'm like running up to the conductor to do an attack. Okay, go ahead. He's uh, he's glowing. You've got advantage. Yeah, yeah. He's no longer blurred. Uh, that said, Laura, I also need you to roll a con save, please. Oh, okay. Because you're on lightning. What? You're on what lightning. Do you want? What do you need first? Uh, con save first, because you're going to take damage if you. Okay. Ten. Zap, zap, zippity, zap, zap, zoop. Uh, all right, that is 12 points of lightning. Yikes. And you are still electrified slash on lightning. Okay. Uh, and now you begin to run. All right. Towards them. And, uh, you know, just like doing that cool thing, like catching my sword in midair as I'm running. And yep, like gotcha. Doing a cool, like, this is just like kind of a blunt, like I'm screaming, like, ah! Sure. I've been there. Um... Good that I have advantage, but I rolled two <laughs> nat ones. Oh no, Laura! This episode of Curse Code and Crown Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at El Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. 
Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGee TD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse Code and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.